This is the Blue Room. One hour, everything Everton. Radio City Talk. Welcome to the Blue Room on Radio City Talk with me, Peter McPartland, and joined in the studio by Dave Bennett and Matt Jones for tonight's show. Uh, coming up after the show, all the latest team news from either from Goodison Park, so stay around for that. Uh, obviously, we're going to be talking about the Arsenal game and uh, the American elephants in the room, gents. <laughs> Tim, <laughs> Tim, Tim Howard. It's a real pity that Dave Downey's not here because. Yeah. It would have been epic, let's be honest. But let's do our best to replace Dave Downey tonight. <laughs> I think I think we'll have no problem doing that. Um, Dave, we'll start with you. Obviously, two on defeat against Arsenal on Saturday. It, it felt like it could have been a lot worse. I mean, what's your, what's your uh, summary of the game? Yeah, disappointed, really. I, I had high hopes, being the major optimist prime that I am. <laughs> That's what I was labelled as by, by someone recently. Um, <laughs> I just would like to uh, like give us transformer names. Then no, but, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I fancied us to go there, to be honest. I thought that the game would suit us. We've shown under Martinez in the past we, we can go to the Emirates and, and play quite expansive football on, on the big pitch there and it's a, it, it could be a fixture that suits us with the players we had especially when you look into the lineup we had and we we were actually playing with two wingers Ross Barkley predominantly seems to do well there and I, I did fancy us to go and have a good goal but again it was it was a lethargic start uh, similar to the Man United game where you just didn't really feel we got out the traps at all and only really started forcing the issue when we had to, when we when we were chasing the game. That being said, we probably had the better chance before Howard started get, getting in his masterclass in when John Stones had that chance uh, to put us ahead and, and uncharacteristically lost composure. Um, but then, as you say, Arsenal, I'd, I'd say, we're, we're the more deserving team on the day. But when you look back and think we did miss a few good chances and the two goals we did concede were really poor the first one I don't know why Howard doesn't come and even at least try and affect Giroud if he do, if he doesn't take it and then the second one's a, a comedy of errors you've got Gareth Barry with a sloppy ball we give away a needless free kick straight up, straight from the kickoff pretty much after the first goal and again Howard nowhere to be seen for coming for a ball and so you, you, you have just got to look at it as a really disappointing evening and two two defeats on the bounce coming back off this international break is really disheartening when you think of the position we were in in the season you thought we were really picking up a bit of steam and now now we're in a bit of a sticky spot and the fixtures do seem to look a bit better on the horizon and hopefully a chance for us to turn it round and tonight hopefully advancing a cup competition into our last eight so things could turn a corner pretty sharpish but the pressure's back on them a lot now. You go to the Emirates, don't you? And you'd expect to surrender a bit of initiative early on, and especially after the way they played against Bayern Munich on Tuesday, it was uh, they were going to come out, and I, and I thought they were going to be they were on it from the off. So I can understand why we were quite cautious for those those few minutes. But like Dave mentioned there, I was never really too worried in in that opening spell of the game that we were going to concede their goal because for all Arsenal's possession and the, and the, the nice interplay in and around the box, they never really got behind us very often. Tim Howard didn't have to make a save really for those that that first half an hour and. And and the the biggest chance in the game was was John Stones's from from the free kick and I think what the difference between how we played say against Arsenal and how we were against Southampton earlier in the season again which was a game where we were happy to sit back and soak up pressure stay compact is that at the moment going forward on the break those those patterns in our in our counter attack and play just don't seem to quite be there and even though Ross Barkley was picking the ball quite a lot driving us forward Lukaku was occupying defenders Delafeu was in space it never all 
it never really clicked in, in that first half an hour and then once you can see two goals, two really sloppy goals to Arsenal in, in the space of three minutes, you're always going to be chasing the game. Then, and it's, it, it seems to be that in matches we don't really seem to react in an attacking sense until we, we have to, until we're put under pressure to to go and try and chase down a two-goal lead or chase down a one-goal lead. And I've seen a great stat over the weekend that we haven't had the shot on target yet in any Premier League game in the first 15 minutes. Mm. And that's indicative of the way that, that we've started matches and how slow we've been out the traps. And I, like, like I mentioned, against Arsenal, you'd expect to, you're going to have to circle pressure sometimes. You're, gonna, you're not going to see a lot of the ball sometimes. But you need to preserve that that threat on the counter-attack as well. A threat from set pieces, which is something we've not had in, in the last two games. Yeah, I, I, was, I had that stat written down. Thanks, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was going to be my next point that is a diamond start the fact that we've, that's every single Premier League game it was the same you know you looked at us against Liverpool you looked at us against Manchester United and you looked at us against Arsenal and we are so slow and you look at other teams and how they get round you know you look at look at the Chelsea game look how there might have been fortune in it because Naismith came on but look how we swarmed on them early on and we tried to get it in and about them early on and, and, and almost prove a point the last three games, you know, against probably two of the best teams in the league and one average Liverpool side, we've been so slow to respond. And what was worse about this game for me was when we went, when we got the goal back, suddenly the, you looked at the players and they looked like they thought, actually, just we can get something out of this game, especially in the mm. second half. And I didn't feel like that, that belief was there in, in the first part of the game. It felt like we're just going to contain them, but at some point we'll concede the goal. But as long as we get away, get away with maybe losing 1-0 or 2-1 or we're, we're happy with that it was almost going back to the Moyes days of let's get out of here alive never mind trying to get a point and that for me is very very un-Roberto Martinez or certainly a change from Roberto Martinez I know we've said we said a lot of lot of last season about being you know uh, pragmatists and going places and trying to do our best and you know we've done that this season the likes of Spurs but for me you know you're going somewhere like Arsenal they've just they've just beaten Bayern Munich fair enough but Try and make it like the look after the Lord May show. Mm. Try and get at them early, and you, we all know how quickly that that uh, that crowd, the Emirates, can turn on those those players. Maybe there was a little bit in that trying to stifle them and keep the, quiet, the crowd quiet, but I felt we just invited them on and on and on. And um, I, I I just don't quite understand what we're trying to do at the moment. That's my biggest mm. worry: is that I I don't quite see what we're doing. I don't I, I don't think the game does much too wrong with the game plan because. Well, I say that, but then again, if if you've got a goalkeeper in in the in goal who who doesn't who can't command his area and and you are sitting back and sitting deep, then that's that's a separate issue in itself. But teams who've gone to Arsenal over the past few seasons and done well are teams who can stay compact, sit deep, and then and then go forward on the break, which is something we we've done well in the past. It just doesn't seem to be the execution at the moment. The, those those patterns that we had earlier in the season against the likes of Southampton, which would, which was probably our best performance of the season, against Chelsea when we bombed forward and we had those sorts of plays linking up well together. That balance just doesn't seem to be there at, at the moment. And if once we rediscover that, I'll I'll be more than happy seeing us going to these sorts of places and trying to play a counter-attacking style. But with the the way the things are with the attack and play and, and the, the lack of balance and with the goalkeeper, it doesn't seem it doesn't seem to be quite working at the moment. Last the, the last two games have felt very much like last season, haven't they? Yeah. In in mm. the way that 
so many games last season were sort of standoffish games where similar to what Man United and Arsenal have been in the opening exchanges where there's not been any real clear-cut chances but we're just so easy to score against it, especially last season that was indicative of the whole season and obviously this season it's, it's carried on especially the last couple of games and um, as soon as you do go 1-0 down the, the pattern of the game completely changes and and then it, 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 sort, it sort of falls into type of... of against the bigger team like an Arsenal and Man United where they've obviously gone on and scored another goal we pull one back and, and it, it's it's a little bit too much too late when we have a rally and that's what last season felt like so much it just felt like the first chance of a sniff of a goal the other team could have or a shot on target it was in our net mm-hmm. and it just changed the whole course of the game and again we're going back to having this same old conversation how long can it go on for where you you have a goalkeeper that just isn't doing the basics in in, in your goal well, just 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 hold the Tim Howard chat for now <laughs> no but but it's incorporated no, no. in the whole thing is, do you know because if, if, if you if you're giving away one nil lead so readily all the time you're making life so much harder for yourself and, and so much easier for the opposition and that's what we've been doing the the last two seasons we fall behind in games so easily I want to I wanna just this hasn't been mentioned much and I just wanted to turn my attention to it uh, the formation the way we play 4-2-3-1 seems to be the, the way we play a lot is it getting a bit tired now yeah. and stale mm. because for me when I watched that game on 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 Saturday, I looked at it and I just thought to myself, I look at Barry and I look at I look at McCarthy. Barry's had a good season. And he hasn't. I he think hasn't he has. No, no, leave me out, leave me out. I think he has had a good season. I d- but then I look at McCarthy and I think, what's McCarthy doing? You know, I, I struggle to see at times what he's doing compared to what he did in his first season where he was everywhere, he was a full-back covering. And I just think now might be the time where we sacrifice, and this is going to seem odd from what I've just said, we sacrifice Barry. Oh yeah, and and because I think I think McCarthy, given that role on his own, and having almost the freedom to know exactly what his one job is, because at the moment there's two of them doing almost one job, and and I think that stops McCarthy. This is said about his Ireland uh, position mm. as well. People don't know what he does for Ireland because he's. He's he's put in a position where he's 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 there's two of them doing the one job, and when he got left alone again in the Germany game, you know we had rave reviews because he mm, was left alone. Mm. And I think it's time now in, in some games, especially when you look at the, the home game coming up, where Barry can be sacrificed, Barkley can play be played deeper, and we can afford a split striker, a real split striker, whether that be Kone, Naismith, because at the moment I look at it and I looked at Saturday and I thought we can't get past. We can't get into the final third of the pitch. Our wingers, who were supposed to be extra forwards, were nowhere to be seen. They were really deep. They were getting kept back. And Romelu Lukaku, once again, is isolated. There's, Ross Barkley's trying his best to get up with him, but just can't cover the ground. And I think that needs to be looked at now, because as much as we talk about we talk about last season, about the way we played, now having no plan B, surely the formation has got to be a change in that as well at times, especially... You know, you we look at Saturday's game and it, we we know what Sunderland are going to do. They're going to come and put eleven men behind the ball and try and catch us out on a set piece, which they could mm. easily do. We've got Tim Howard in goal, and we've got to allow our players a little bit more freedom and a little bit more space in midfield. Because how many times you see it when opposition teams come to Goodison and you look at the middle of the park and it's just 
full of bodies and there's no room for anyone to do anything yeah well it's a point I wanted to make actually I, I think Barry needs bombing out the team as much as Howard needs bombing out and you, you might say yeah he's had a good season by his standards maybe but it, it, it's still very sloppy and go- goals are being conceded by him, by by his mistakes as well. Arsenal was one. West Brom the other week, another one. It, he's he's very very sluggish. It's it's a sluggish player to have in there. And I agree. Him him being on McCarthy's toes probably is limiting what he does. I I think yeah, you could bring in Kone as a split striker up front in some games. I'd be more liable to lean towards playing cleverly in in midfield now that he's back fit yeah mobility yeah like that it's it, just for his dynamism you'd, you'd have McCarthy doing the bits in front of the back four and covering the ground cleverly put cleverly more busy and more pushed up further than what Gareth Barry would be and then that's where Barkley might have his freedom to go and get that partnership going with Ron because them two link up really well and I, I that that's the way I I would see it going, and I think more likely the way well the, we've got more chance of Roberto Martinez leaning towards that because you know how much he he likes cleverly. Mm. But I'd be worried to see cleverly shoe on back into that left hand side role and um, us drop to not, maybe not even having one winger on yeah. the pitch because he he likes playing Kone on the other side as well. But because that's another point, I I think the one bright spot coming out of Arsenal on Saturday. For how frustrating he can be, Jared Delafeo yeah, again was yeah. a con- was a constant threat, and I think I think he has to play every game now. I just I think with him and Barkley on the pitch, that the, yeah. was so much more of a threat. That, that was my point coming off the back of the Merseyside derby. Where a lot of people said he had a poor game. He's he's always a threat. Yeah, and some people would have looked at him on Saturday and thought he had a bad game, but and he he, he wasn't he wasn't himself as as we know he can be, but he's still always a threat, mm. and that's. That's a really important thing. You know, you look at Roman Lukaku and you, sometimes he goes on these little droughts, but then he comes back mm. with a bang or mm. he'll score. Mm. You look at the West Brom game where people were saying yeah. take him off and then he ends up doing that. Because he plays every minute, he's allowed to make his comeback, yeah. know and what the, I mean? The thing about the, the West Brom game as well, and I'll hop back to that, the Southampton match as well, in that Southampton game we always played like a diamond, so Kone was coming up mm. and, and playing yeah. off Lukaku. Barkley was a little bit more withdrawn. And we were getting the best out of Lukaku and Barkley, who are our two most devastating attacking players. And if if we're playing a system which is which is restricting their best assets, then we're doing ourselves a disservice. And I, I just think if, if if we change the system, brought a new fre- few fresh faces in, like like you mentioned there, give McCarthy a bit more responsibility. It's something he's done with Ross Barkley this season. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he's he's relished it. He's grown into his role a bit more, and he's playing a lot better. Why not do the same with McCarthy as well? You give him a new contract in the yeah. summer. Just say to him, "You're going to be our holding midfield player now." You know, he, he's talked him up as as a box to box, you know, Roy Keane type player in the past. But just for the time being, at least, just say to him, he, "You're going to sit and you're going to defend, and and you're going to have that that key responsibility in the team." Seem, he doesn't. McCarthy doesn't seem to be able to break out of that mould. I mean, I think he's got it in him to be that kind of player, mm. but he, it doesn't look like he thinks he's got it in him to be that type of player, or he certainly doesn't at- mm. attempt to do when he's on the pitch. So I would just, as you just said, Matt, I would just leave him in there and be the, mm. and let him have all that responsibility because I think he'd love that. Mm. Just him just knowing what his one job is on the pitch, that would free him up, and then that would free another attacking position up. And um, the way our full-backs are at the moment, they're not really getting forward anyway, so we don't necessarily need that cover, especially at left-back, where you know in, in the first season... Those two were really important, covering Baines and Coleman. It's not, it's not been the same this season. It wasn't the same last season. So, um, I think, I think there's definitely time for a change. One hour, everything Everton.
The Blue Room on Radio City Talk. Welcome back to The Blue Room on Radio City Talk with me, Peter McPartland, Matt Jones and Dave Bennett. First part of the show, we uh, dissected the Arsenal game a little bit. Now we're going to look at the root cause that I certainly feel of why we lost that game and why we seem to be uh, under pressure so much. Tim Howard, obviously we can't ignore this, boys. It's, it's just so much in our face now. It's something that we've been talking about for... Uh, well, a very long time. Um, people didn't like it. People didn't agree. I think more people are coming around to it and seeing the the glare and obvious now that, for me certainly now, Tim Howard is is past it. He's been past it for me for over a year. Um, I'm not sure why p- other people didn't see it. Roberto Martinez actually stated in January he was looking for a new ma- a new goalkeeper, a new long term number one. Changed his mind for some reason. Uh, Tim Howard came back in goal and for me he causes mistakes every single game and now those mistakes are costing us goals and goals that are costing us games <laughs> it's 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 just getting beyond the joke now isn't it really that I I put during the game I, I went down to the Emirates on, on Saturday and I was I was like I said like I mentioned in the first part I was quite happy about what we were doing for the first half an hour I didn't think we were going to really concede the goal and for the first one I had at the time, I had a little bit of sympathy with him because I thought it was a decent cross. Giroud's got a run on Jagielka, and I get the stick off him, mates. Like you mentioned there, because we go on about it all the time and say about Tim Howard, and I, I'm I'm really critical of him. But the second goal, the, the the rashness with which he dived out, the the manner in which he's he's obviously tried to overcompensate after not getting that first goal, and just the the, the trouble it's put us in for for the rest of the game. It just it just reeked of a player who, like you said, there is completely past his best. He's lacking confidence, and and at the moment he just seems to be in the team out of sympathy. And and, and the time has come now. It's he simply has to be dropped from the side because is it out of sympathy though? That's the, the is is it? Why else? Why does else? Martinez, I don't know. It's, it's just like it's, it's as if like there's like he's got a spell on on Martinez or something. It's, it's like it's it's like he's his old dog. <laughs> and he doesn't want to put him down. Yeah, that's what that's, it, it is. That's what it's like, though. It, it, it's we 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 are we are fans, and we, are, we some of, we, some of us have favourites, and we'll always mm. defend our favourites. But he's not a fan. This is his job. This mm-hmm. is what he gets paid for, and this is what what you know. We'll talk a little about him out, but let's talk about Roberto Martinez. I'm certainly starting to doubt the credentials of this man. Mm. If he can't see that a goalkeeper is seriously costing us points and has been for a while. And if he can't see things like that, then what else can he see? You know, I was having this conversation yesterday and, and, and Howard Kendall's name popped up. And one of the things that was said was, when he needed to make big decisions, he made big decisions. When he need, when when he wanted Gary Lineker, he got rid of fan, a fan's favourite in Andy Gray. Uh, you know, he, then he sold... Gary Lineker and then won the league. He he's seen the things that need to be done, and I'm not sure if Roberto Martinez can see the things that need to be done for the best of the side. I don't care how much he loves Tim Howard. I don't care if he's a big presence in the dressing room. I don't care if if you know he's one of his lieutenants. You know he, he got the captain's armband when Jags went off on what you know that, that is me. that is terrifies that me. is rubbing that's rubbing salt in the wounds of the fans. That mm. and if he can't see mm. that, then I'm sorry, but then. I've got. I'm going to start to have issues with him. I've seen. I know yeah. people will laugh and say, you know, polls and stuff. But there's been there's been different polls this week about it. Asking fans, and you're talking nearly ninety percent of yeah. fans are saying you've got to drop him now. It's becoming beyond the joke. It's been beyond the joke for me for for a long time. Yeah. But now it's becoming very very clear. And 
that that to me is that that worries me about Roberto Martinez. Well, anyone that listens to this show and has done over the last well the whole of Roberto Martinez's tenure will know. I've always been one of his biggest fans. I've always stuck up for him, but this is a big issue for me too because uh, it's it's not just Howard. It's 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 been other players in the mm-hmm. team. It for me, like like I mentioned before, Gareth Barry, a big one. He's underperformed at stages in his Everton, Everton career for six, seven, eight games and not came out. And there's another issue that's came up now with a Jagielka injury, which I'm actually excited by because I think it's time for Jagielka to come out the team. Mm. I, I think I'm starting to see a few flaws in his game, and I think he was it was going to continue on into the into the next run of games. And I, I'm actually excited to see Funes, Mori, and Stones together as a pair, and I think they'll do really well. But when 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 the issue comes back round and Jagielka gets back fit again, you you just assume that he's just going to put Jagielka straight back in, no matter what goes on. The same way he puts Gareth Barry straight back in, the same way he puts Tim Howard straight back in after Robles kept four clean sheets last season, and that is a really worrying aspect of his management that some players will get a shirt regardless and. If, if it continues on in this vein he is going to lose fans and ones that have stuck by him all the way and he's going to lose them quickly as well <laughs> go on Matt <laughs> just covered it all I mean I just just look at the two goals I mean we've conceded seven goals in our last last four games and four of them have been from headers inside the six yard yeah. box now and it's just this is something that's got, that could potentially define his, his career as Everton manager Roberto Martinez because it's becoming such a, a glaring issue and I, I, I just don't understand. People say Robles is worse. Joe Robles is not. He's not. He's not as good as Tim Howard. But what? Who, what, who, what, who, at what who point? Him and who hasn't bought another exactly? Goal but then? but what? What point does it have to get to yeah. before someone's took off the team? I mean, this would be. I know goalkeepers are unique and they, they hold by different standards. But this, the only thing I can think of which would be equivalent to it is if Romelu Lukaku was getting a few one on ones a game. And he was missing them glaringly every time because it's 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 becoming that costly to, to the team. And if if you go to the Emirates and, and you you're on, you're under pressure and you need you need your goalkeeper and you see any players to take responsibility, stand up, make decisive contributions in the football match, not dally on the ball, which he did in the first half an hour, inviting Giroud to come and close him down and, and nearly get, nearly losing the ball, <laughs> not being trapped to your line when you when you need to come and relieve pressure. Was a, this the one in the second half where he was like chasing the centre <sighs> forward down the box <laughs> and he was on his back and they basically had an open goal, but luckily enough our players managed to managed to clear it. But you but you see you see players like Barkley and Delafeu always wanting the ball, always taking responsibility, willing to take risks for the team and, and that's not something he's doing. He seems he seems terrified. He, he seems stuck to his line, and then when he does make an error in matches, he makes rash decisions as well. well going back to the, the second goal, he doesn't he does he doesn't attempt to go for the ball. He just makes a judgment. He just throws himself yeah. out. Mm. I mean, the the the, the counter argument is every time there's a mistake, someone will say, "Well, why why look at the first goal? Why didn't Jags win the header?" You know why hasn't he won the header? Where's the defending? It was a fantastic ball, and all these all these counter arguments. But that's his box. He's mm. a goalkeeper. He's got one job: it's to save the ball, and he's not doing that. Defenders have lots of other things they need to be doing at times. It's not as simple as saying, "Well, why didn't they just defend the ball or clear the ball?" They've got lots of things going on, mm. and sometimes attacking players are better than defenders. You know, yeah. at, at, at certainly winning the ball in the air. You know, Jagielka's Jagielka's not the tallest of players either. Um, it, that's not. It's not Jagielka's 
balls to go for at all. Once it's cleared his head like that, him backtracking yeah. and trying yeah. to win it makes things harder for Tim Howard to come and get it. He's got every reason to think in his mind that Tim Howard is coming and claiming that ball because it's it's the it's in the goalkeeper's zone. It's 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 not even it's not even a corridor of uncertainty. It's yeah. in Tim Howard's zone, and you see you see it when he first gets crossed in. Howard make the step to come and get it, and it is like he's just terrified. Yeah. Either terrified or someone's well, got an invisible we, lasso on we him. We said this after the Man City game, and it's when he conceded the the, the goal, the first goal. Um, it's it's like that he doesn't trust his reflexes, or his reflexes are so bad now. That he's making a judgment call beforehand. It was like mm. the first goal when he put it in the near post. He anticipated the ball going across him, so went that way, and the ball's just gone in. And in. this, that to me is that to me means he's finished. Yeah. It sometimes it can creep up very quickly, and sometimes players recognise it. I remember when Gary Neville basically got destroyed against West Brom, I think it was. Yeah. And like the next day, he just went, "I'm finished." Yeah. I mean, I can't keep up, and I'm done. Yeah. Other players, they let it drag on. You know, Phil Neville goes springs but, to mind. You know, that, that's what happens, but. It's the manager, I'm sorry, but the manager's got to put him out, out of his. Um, just got to put him out. And, and, yeah. what, what, <laughs> what my big worry is, I mean, you know, Joe Robles is playing tonight, but in the press conference yesterday, Roberto Martinez pretty much made it clear that no matter how well he played, Tim Howard's back on Sunday. That doesn't make sense. That to me, unless he's just unless he's just trying to say just concentrate on the game. That to me, that to me is a disgrace. Because no one should be certain of a place in this team, especially not someone who's continually letting us down. Um, and, and that's again, what the whole point of someone getting the chance in the cup games about. It's their yeah. chance to, yeah. to put to make a mark. And what what incentive have they got if they're getting told there's no light at the end of the rainbow? You just you're just there for that night. It it, it doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. And, and other teams are definitely clocking onto this, by the way, now and yeah. targeting it yeah. because if. The, the way the, the, the game's analysed now and you know it, it seems in the media people don't really give Tim Howard much criticism because they, they, look, they, look, they look at him and go he's not a top four keeper yeah, it doesn't he's, matter he's a solid goalkeeper he, he does okay and because of that you know a lot of people think oh he's no one's going to talk so no one's going to put real pressure on him but the way the teams analyse matches now Sunderland next weekend Allardyce will be saying oh. to their players just get the ball in that six yard box every time you can if that, and it's going to hinder us again if that been on, on Saturday they would have destroyed him like they did in the first game we played mm. and he conceded the goal they would have absolutely destroyed him but because it's Everton and because it's Tim Out they're not that bothered because we're, we're not a threat and we don't affect anything and he doesn't really matter mm. and uh, so that but you're absolutely spot on what you're saying because I was having an argument with someone on Twitter on Saturday and um, no surprise that they were American because Americans <laughs> really like to defend them and that's I can understand why he's their boy and stuff and you know but someone said to me well statistically he's the fifth he's one of the top five goalkeepers in the Premier League and I just I just I was astonished by what they were saying and I said to them well he's not he said well he is because the stats back it up he said well my eyes back up what I'm saying and I, I'm but but the point being is what you've just said there he's being targeted by the opposition and stats can't show yeah. that he's been you know but what what are the stats what what would they tell oh, you? I think they were just saves no all those nonsense saves he made yeah like exactly the one he made you know what I mean? when it was going out for but, the goal bre- a bread and butter save yeah so and it, uh, that doesn't equate and that's to anything what he gets away with every week though like in the I Man think- City game where he was making saves that were right at him and yet he got, he got given man of the match and yet he let in two awful goals he got man of the match against Man City yeah who by? By the uh, by the loungers. 
Dave Downey said, said there needs to be fair, he made a great point. He said there's a difference between making a save and making a stop. They're two completely yeah. different things because you, you can make stops, which is saves a straight at you, like most of those ones for Belgium were in the World Cup against them. And you can make saves where you think he had no right to get that. He, he, he saved his team a goal there. Check. And there's a complete, there's a complete difference between Check the two. Check on Saturday. Yeah. He, win, he wins them the game. We have one chance. Okay, Lukaku yeah. should have buried the header. Mm. We have one chance. And not only does he save it, but I, but the fact that it's it's Petacek coming out probably already put the doubt in Delafeu's mm. mind about scoring it. But and he said he wins them the game. He was decisive in what he did. Yeah, he, he was came. fast. He was decisive, exactly. and he made the save straight it, away. It, wasn't there a stat last season that we were the 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 team with the lowest sh- shots on target save percentage? That I'm sure that was a stat last season. That I'm pretty sure that a was a lot a stat. of stats at Ultima last season. But, lots and lots. But Does, you know, as you say, a stat can't a stats not what what stats going to tell you that he, he was stuck to his line and let Danny Ings at the ball him exactly, from three yards exactly, out. You know what I mean? That, it doesn't matter. That's what I'm saying. Sure, he might you know he might be saving a lot of shots, but that's like saying well the Bournemouth keeper. You know, saving a lot of shots yeah. because he's the Bournemouth keeper. He's gonna have a lot more shots at him. It, it's 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 absolutely ridiculous. Uh, stats don't mean nothing. And yeah, we've said he's being targeted. And there's other issues of his game. How slow he is. I was watching Hart last week. Hart set up two goals for Man City because he gets the ball, gets his head up, and kicks and can kick the yeah. really accurate balls. Howard gets the ball, slows it down, and that was another thing Arsenal did on on Saturday, like you said before, where they almost got the ball off him. They targeted him every time he had the ball at his feet. They chased after him because he's not very and good with his feet. It's no coincidence to play for me either because, no. No. you know, straight away they were putting balls into the box. Set piece, like that one they had on the set piece from the corner. How many times you see Arsenal take that short and work it out to the box and, and try and do something like that with it? That's what they've done they all the time under Wenger. And again, exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. When do you see them score a set they piece don't like score that? They goals, but they targeted him. Target and one thing I was gonna when you were talking about Jags before, I'd say what right, Funus Mori coming into the side and it's it, this saddens me, might actually save um Tim Howard's Everton career. Yeah, because which, they will he'll think it's like but, gonna be too risky to play Joel behind yeah. No, 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 not great that. In the air. Because he's great in the air. Because every time there's a set piece comes over, Funes Mori will probably win it before it actually gets to Tim Howard. So he might actually save Tim Howard's career. Um Fair enough. My 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 thought on that was that he might think, you know, Joel Going in behind a new defensive yeah. partnership, yeah, I that, understand that. I, I could see that. I could see why he wouldn't yeah, do it because of but that. I, but it, watch what after Funes Mori came on on Saturday. Watch how many times he won the ball in the area. He stopped the ball getting anywhere near, near Howard before it even even got there. Now maybe people can point fingers at our centre defenders and say, "Well, that's what they should have been doing." But that actually might save Tim Howard. And I hope it should. I hope it doesn't, because the, the manager needs to be making that decision. And the most worrying thing for me to to wrap it all up was um, it's just the players' body language. Now look at yeah. when we can see goals. Look at look at look look at John Stones's reaction. Jaggy Elkers, Gareth Barry's good pros who who were like looking at him as if to say, "What are you doing, lad?" Yeah. It's like they've they've lost. They've completely lost faith in him, yeah. and that that just breeds uncertainty throughout the team. If you don't trust your goalkeeper, trust, yeah, we don't trust. You. But you've got none. Joel is in goal tonight. Now he's got to have a good game. He's got to be decisive. And I know I don't want to see too many shots go at him, um, but he's got to be decisive in everything he does. You know, if he's coming out, he's got to take clean t- everything clean. Because, like you were saying earlier, Matt, there is this argument out there where people go, "Well, there's no replacement for Tim Howard, so he's got to stay in goal." So Joel tonight can't give anyone any excuses. He's got to be 
on top of his game, he's got to be taking everything cleanly. We, we've seen him in the past where he's come in for one-off games and he's not been at his best. You know, he, he looks tentative. He'll make little mistakes. Tonight, he's got to be on top of every basic thing to make sure that he gives himself every possible chance. Because this is it is seriously his chance now to take. Now, before we came on air, I think Dave said that he could save four penalties yeah. <laughs> and score a goal and still not get in the team. But like you mentioned, hopefully he won't have much to do tonight. But it's it's the case of any player, really, when they've been out the side for a while, that they, they do struggle to get back into a rhythm. And you see it with strikers, where they look rusty in front of goal, midfielders struggling to get into the pace of the game so it wouldn't surprise me if he was a little bit a little bit rusty in some areas but the, the annoying thing is he's when he did come into the team and did get that run last season for one time he, he was he, he was commanding and you look at the two goals we've seen against Arsenal and I think back to that Crystal Palace game last season um, around February time he was coming and getting everything punching them away taking defenders taking attackers with him at the same time so it might take him a bit of time to, to build that that sort of confidence up again but like you mentioned, unless he unless he comes in after Stormer, it's it's tough to see him changing Martinez's mind, really. And there's the same goes for the Tom Cleverley situation. Obviously, Gareth Barry misses out yeah. on this game because he's suspended. Again, Cleverley, you want to you want to see him come in and just hopefully play in that midfield role that we were talking about mm-hmm. earlier. Show Martinez that he's the man to be playing there on the weekend and mm-hmm. and and make it make it hard for him to bring Gareth Barry straight back in as well. Yeah. Um so th- there's a few players today that need to 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 put a mark on this game. I think this is a I mean I, I know I know it's a massive important game because obviously we want to go as far as we can in this cup and obviously win this tonight and win it through to the quarterfinals mm-hmm. and if you get a home draw who knows. But I think if just for all round the all-round feeling, the place we've got to win tonight, because you know Sunderland coming up on 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 Sunday. It, you know, if we w- win this tonight, it suddenly changes things because we're everything. If we lose, everything will be doom and gloom. We've got Sunderland coming off the back of a win against Newcastle. They're just going to bunker in on on Sunday. They're going to try and play on. They're going to be a lot more organised. Let's be honest, they're going to be a lot more organised. Uh, they're coming off a three-nil win. They're going to be looking to play on the break, get set pieces, and try and, and try and snatch it. And suddenly, then, what looks like a an easier period of games. I mean, the next nine games are very, very winnable. Yeah. You know, I know, I know. There's teams like Leicester and there and Palace who are doing well, but they're all. It is up to the turn of the year. They're very, very winnable. Um, and you don't want to be going into that period desperate for a win because that's what happened last season. We were desperate for wins, and you could feel the anxiety on and off the pitch. And those wins suddenly became draws because we were all over the pitch. We were, you know, I go back to the West Brom game last season, obviously with the penalty debacle. We were desperate for a win that night, and suddenly it, it, the desperation took over, and we just couldn't mm-hmm. get a win. And I think if we got a win tonight, suddenly you look at Sunderland in a very, very different way. You think, yeah, we'll go against them on Sunday and we'll beat mm-hmm. them, and then the next game we'll win. And you know, you've got the likes of Villa coming up and uh, Bournemouth and and, pa- and Palace and teams like this that we should be beating really if we w- if we want to finish anywhere in the European places. So it's a huge night for me tonight. Oh, oh yes. Yeah, so sorry, Matt. I was going to say it's, it's night. It's night and day because um, you win tonight. Did we have a, a cup draw on Wednesday? You could have another home draw. You're in the quarterfinals. It could be a, a winnable tie. And you, all of a sudden, the fans are thinking about Wembley and yeah. and and how how tangible that that's starting to feel. And especially in a year when you think um, Ken Kendall's obviously 
just left us, and it, you start to think, starting to think of omens of thinking mm-hmm. that this this could be the year we actually win something, yeah. and 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 the feel good factor a cup run breeds into into a place, and how loose it'll make the players is is ideal going into this run of games. Ped, as you say, they are very winnable, but on very winnable games on paper, I don't, tend not to be the tend not to be the case for Everton. And um, as you say, Sunderland coming on a Sunday early early kickoff. That the place could either be a morgue or or have or have a bit have a bit of bounce about it and and a win tonight is is vital because how often do we go on about this league cup and how it's the easiest cup to win we've never won it we 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 never seem to do any we obviously had the semi in 08 but not nothing of note other than that and it, it's right there for the taking it's right in front of you and and t- tonight is such a big game in our season it's it's important we get back to playing well at home as well and, and winning matches at home because we've, we've won one in our last eight games at Goodison which is well, under, under Moyes we, we were always really reliable at home weren't we and we you, you could guarantee that we would be really really tough to beat and it, a team would have to come to Goodison Park and play really well to beat us so it's to, to only have won one in one in our last eight is, is a really poor return and, and like like you mentioned there if, if, if we if we I think Norwich tonight are going to come and they're going to make it hard, aren't they? They're going to do a, a similar sort of job to Sunderland, mm. try and make it, com- try and make themselves compact, make it hard to, to break them down. And if we go and we put out a really attacking team, a lot of whiff, we start the game well for a change, give everyone a boost, the atmosphere will be completely different going into the Sunderland game. Yeah, I think I think an early goal tonight will be massive. Mm. Norwich on the back of three defeats, they've been doing quite well away from home. I think that's where they've been playing the best mm. football. But uh, a big, you know, an early goal tonight would be massively important for everyone just just to lift the place because it. Yes, you know, we have we have been beaten by two of the best sides, but I don't really think in either game we give a best impression of ourselves. You know, I, th- I think we were against Man United, we were obviously very poor, and 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 for large spells of the Arsenal game, we were we were poor as well. Mm. Just got to have that belief about us tonight. I think that we can win it because. You just think Norwich, you know, Tuesday night after the back of three games, if we get an early goal, they'll just be thinking, well, here we go again. And, um, you know, they'll probably not, not, they'll probably just contain it, I probably, you know, or, or, or leave spaces for us to, to take anyway. Yeah, I, I just hope he's not too experimental with the lineup, as I've said yeah. from the start of the season. And I say every season in the League Cup, players, if it's a league game, now I understand he's obviously going to rotate Joel for Howard. And, and thankfully, he is going to do that. Um, but other than that, I'd like to see pretty much our f- full strength mm. team out. I'd like to see Joel playing with what would be the back four on Saturday in front of him. Galloway, Stones, Murray and Coleman. I wouldn't want to see that messed with. Obviously, I'd like to see Cleverly come in for Barry, but I want to see Barkley playing. I want to see Delafeo playing and I want to see Lukaku playing. Because why... why look disinterested in the competition when we've pointed out all the obvious pluses and we could be in Europe by February or March whenever the final is you, this has got to be taken seriously and the Barnsley game was should should be the wake up call because we could have easily yeah. went out that night through messing around with the team too much just well, in, in both the games we did that didn't we yeah. he, he made too yeah. many changes and somehow we managed to get through but yeah. I've mentioned it loads of times it, it'd be great for, for this young core of players we've got to, to get that winning mentality instilled yeah. early in the careers and if if we are going to preserve this 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 nexus of players that we're, we're going to build the team around for years to come if, if they've got that that inherent knowledge in them that they can they can go to to, to Wembley and they've got the experience of, of winning a cup final winning semi-final matches that that that's going to be crucial to them going forward and hopefully for us to to win more trophies exactly and I think you know it's it's massive for the players to play in these things get that win under the belt or get a trophy under the belt certainly for them for everyone at the club the fans as well the fans yeah 
need to have that belief as well. And you know, if, they, if we could get it, I mean, I, I'm lucky. I've seen, I've seen us win trophies, but there's so many people out there who haven't seen it. Um, and I, I think as soon as you've got one, it, it just makes everyone hungry for the next one. For that, for whether it be for the, for the reason of the days out at Wembley, yeah. or just because the, the people are hungry for win trophies. Football, that's what it's all about. People yeah. can keep on telling you that it's about getting Champions League football. It's not. It's about winning trophies. It, it's as simple as that. And, you know, it's, it's good. We'd have to roll these our words if Tim Howard won the penalty shootout for us in the, in the final at Wembley, no, we wouldn't we? No, we, I'm afraid we wouldn't. Um, I'm, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. I'm, yeah. I'm rigid on that. I don't I don't care. I'm, I'm very, very rigid on that. But, um, you know, it's got, it's got to happen sooner or later. And you look how seriously you took the Europa League last season, which is a much... Harder trophy to win, really. it's a longer trophy to win, and obviously with two-legged games. I mean, you know, as you're saying tonight, get through tonight and get a get a fortunate draw at home because you know you look at you do look at those other teams, the big teams are in it. They're coming into spells now where the Champions League's more important, and you know they're playing. You know, you have to look at someone like Arsenal. You know, they've still got a Champions League group to get through. And looking at the Premier League now, seriously. So suddenly this trophy for them becomes yeah. lower down. Chelsea again, they're another one. They're all. That's all... what I mean. You, you draw one of them at Goodison. Yeah. It's an inconvenience for them. Exactly. And, and even even teams like Norwich, they're they're probably more focused on staying in the Premier League, aren't they? And yeah. you know they've they've lost three in a row in the in the league now. Conceded six goals away at Newcastle. There, they're probably just thinking about getting back on track in, in the in the league and, and getting three points there. They might come to Goodison tonight, rest a few players themselves, and and be there for the taking. I think we've seen that the other teams in the Premier League, you know, the big teams, because it's such a, a mad mix this season that this has become, I think this is, will be an inconvenience for them and it will be about those other teams around us who we can, you know, at Goodison or away, we can beat on our day. We've just we've, we've just got to make sure this is our number one priority, I think, for the next... Well, when, when, when it comes around, it's simple as that. I mean, you know, it only comes around once, well, you know, once a month, or or, to, yeah. or you know, over the next couple of months, so it's got to be the the number one thing. It's got to be, got to be. I mean, it it's 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 one of them. though. it does Martinez see that? Yeah. He can't he can't see that Tim Howard's <laughs> got to come out the team. So does does he? Surely he can see that this is the best route for Everton's season to be in Europe, have that trophy, and and cement himself as a as a really big part of Everton's history to have brought a trophy for the first time in two decades. It's the easiest route to him doing that, and if he if he can't see that, then it's it's more fuel him, and it will it will be another nail in his coffin if he if if we go out through him neglecting it via his for, uh, formations and teams that he puts out. It, it just takes the pressure off his well, doesn't it, for the rest of the season because. If we're in and around the top six places and we are we are still with a chance at top four and we've we've got Europa League secured, we've got a trophy secured, then you can go into games and if, if it's nil nil going to the last seventy minutes, you you've got you've got more of a security blanket then I mean to throw more attacking players on, go for it a little bit more, be a exactly. little bit a little bit more ambitious. So it just give everyone a, a massive lift at the football club and, and it it really would transform us in terms of mentality, make a major difference. Uh that game aside, obviously we've mentioned before Sunderland on Sunday, that's got to be three points, hasn't it? That's got to be just a. They're poor. They're they awful, are yeah. so. They're going to be more organised. 
put 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 the poor. Oh, and it's the, gotta the, be the terrible. I mean, they, they, they obviously went. They went to West Brom. They got beat there. Mm. Obviously, that up against another organised team in Pulis. But that derby on Sunday. I mean, we talk about being cursed in derbies. <laughs> Newcastle are cursed yeah, because they, they they're the much better team there. The the and as you say, the the, the situation. I did think it was a penalty. I thought the thought the red card the, was the harsh. Ref, his ref there. Yeah. Ref's on there. I, but I, I thought the red card was harsh. In no way was there a goal scoring opportunity, in my opinion. Um, but they they are just Sunderland have a touch out, and and it's like they don't just come away from with one nils. They seem yeah. to roll them like three nil yeah. without doing anything and being so poor. It's mental. They beat us a Goodison in the last two seasons, haven't they? As well, like it's, well, that was their last win yeah. before you before the other day. The win at Goodison last year. At least they've got a win then. At least they've got a win <laughs> under the belt. Oh yeah, I can't imagine that's that coming yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> at, least, at, least, at least that's something that they've got a win under the belt before they come to Goodison. Maybe that will make it a day. A better game, and but again, it's got to be three points as simple as that, right? Uh, thanks to the guys for coming in again tonight. Just before, obviously, a big game, we're all legging it to go to some park now, honest, honestly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, this has been the Blue Room. We'll see you next week. Good night. The Blue Room Radio City Talk.